You're listening to episode seven of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. A listener messaged me last week and asked me to do a podcast episode specifically on my book, Mind Love. If you remember my guest two weeks ago, Mac Monroe, well, I was on his podcast, the Boss Builders podcast, where he asked me to break down a few of my Mind Love nuggets. So this week, I'm taking that idea and a few quotes from my book, and I'm breaking them down, what they mean, where I was at in life when I wrote it, and even how you can use them to fuel your life. So tune in, turn it up, and let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business, and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Hey everyone, it's Lauren Smith. Thanks for joining me for another episode. I don't have a guest today. Actually, I'm quite surprised, but I've had a lot of people ask me to do a couple solo episodes. And because I'm listening to your feedback, I'm going to roll with your suggestions. This particular episode idea came from a listener, Stephanie, who listened to my interview on the Boss Builder podcast with Mac Monroe. I'm brainstorming and outlining topics for a few episodes just like this one, so if you have a topic that you'd like me to cover, or even if there's something that you're struggling with in life or business, please message me. At the end of this episode, I'll list all the ways you can reach me. Now, if you're wondering what the heck is Mind Love, well, Mind Love, Bite-Sized Thought Nuggets to Fuel Your Life, is my newest book. And if you're still wondering what the heck mind love is, maybe I should break it down a little further. To me, mind love is a daily habit. The world has conditioned us to see darkness instead of light. And I started writing myself mind love nuggets in 2015. It went from an occasional thought to a daily practice. Because I believe you're committing an act of self-sabotage when you fill your mind with negativity, doubt, and fear. But... When you feed your mind love, you shift your life. I never intended for my journal writings to become published, nor did I ever think that they'd resonate with so many people. But the book, it's in the hands and hearts of people all over the world. And that's just more than I could have ever dreamed for. So I asked purchaser, purchasers of the book to pick their favorite mind love nuggets or one that they want to know more about and to send it to me for this podcast. From all of the responses I got, I picked the 11 most popular. 11 might seem a little random, but it's my favorite number. And in numerology, it's a master number. Actually, it's a master teacher number. So it felt right, Okay. Now, 11 of your favorite mind love quotes. Here we go with number one. It comes from Chrissy. This one should almost be anyone who's trying to achieve anything. This should be your mantra. Um, Page number 28, success and freedom require action. Oh, okay. So two years ago, there was a girl who applied to work for me on Socially Tangled. She was going to be a social media manager. We had so many things that aligned. We actually knew um, people in Bali that were that were mutual friends, and I, I was like, "Oh man, this is you know this is great. She has tons of experience." But then, like, I didn't hear anything back from her. At that same exact time, I wanted to get out of social media management. I 
brainstormed all these courses and workshops. I wanted to launch um, a new coaching type brand where I could house all that stuff. It's more personal, move away from socially tangled. And um, I, I didn't. I kept, I kept doing the same things over and over and over again. So I kind of forgot about that girl. And one year later, I saw that she was featured in Forbes for making, I, I want to say like, you know, seven figures or something like that in a short amount of time, three months, something, you know, something crazy. And she was doing business coaching and uh, workshops and retreats. And she started off doing social media management and just realized, hey, that's way too much. Got to narrow it down. This isn't fulfilling my full purpose. And she moved on. And I was like, man, she's doing everything I've been wanting to do for two years. And for for a while, I kind of threw myself a pity party and allowed that victim mentality to kind of you know, be like, why isn't it me? Why not me? Well, you know why it wasn't me? Because I didn't take action. My inaction was lethal to me. And if I want that success and freedom, I have to work my ass off to get it. She took action. She, Whatever her steps were, business coach, plans, courses, she was taking the action while I was sitting stagnant had no one else to blame for where I wasn't other than myself. So she's actually kind of like driven me to like, yeah, do this. Stop making excuses. Success and freedom require action. Whatever action looks like for you, you have to take it. Now on page 38, the quote is, today I will expect less of others and trust in myself more. Oh my gosh, well, this one comes from so many areas of life. And I know that if you've ever expected something from someone, it usually ends up in disappointment, right? But this one, I, while I, I remember when I wrote it, and it really wasn't that long ago, it came out of a memory for me. When I was pregnant with my daughter, Skylar, I... I struggled because I saw so many other um, pregnant women who just really embraced pregnancy. And to me, it just didn't feel natural. Nothing about it felt natural. I was sick more times than I wasn't. Um, I just didn't feel comfortable in my body. And not only that, but I was scared shitless. And I let that doubt be fueled by other people's comments. What I mean by that was that everyone would always tell the girl's dad, you know, at the time he, they were like, oh, he's going to be such a good dad. And they would tell it to me too. Like, oh, he's going to be such a great dad. He's going to be a good dad. Like, but, but not one time, not one single time when I was pregnant, did someone say, you're going to be such a great mom. And I don't know why, but that just mentally effed with me. And it, it really just screwed with me years into motherhood. And I always just felt like, man, no one thinks I'm a good mom. I could do everything right, but they might see him as a good dad, but do they see me as a good mom? And I know that sounds a little deep and I know I'm a good mom. Like I know I rock this shit on the daily. Of course I have my faults. I'm not perfect. And there's times I don't feel like I show up and do my best, but most days I'm a pretty good mom. And what I kind of learned as I grew as a person was that one, they were telling me that because they already knew I was going to be a good mom. And they probably thought that they were just reassuring me 
that, yeah, he's going to be a good dad too, right? So that was probably number one. Number two, I started expecting people to say, you're going to be a good mom. Instead of just owning my power and trusting in myself, knowing like, oh yeah, I'm going to rock it. I let them kind of dictate my mood. I I started expecting them to say, you're going to be a good mom. And when I didn't receive it, it felt bad. So that's where this one kind of stemmed from. I know it's that's maybe a little deep, but again, it was today I will expect less of others and trust in myself more. And that is something that I carry through long past the the healed feelings of not being a good mom because I, I no longer feel that way. Um, but it comes in many aspects of life and, and situations that come up when you are expecting of someone else, turn that expectation around and put it on yourself. Expect more from yourself and less from others. I love that my mom sent in this one. So thanks, mom. <laughs> Page 55. Forgive them. Release the anger, the hurt. It's time to heal. It's time to forgive. Now, I can't remember what this was related to or even when I wrote it, but when I read it right now in this time of my life, I think it relates to pain that others may have caused, regardless if it was intentional or not. If pain was caused, we have tendencies to dwell on that pain or that feeling of hurt, which can consume you. So we have to release it, not to let it go, but it, it helps us move forward and releasing pain or hurt or even forgiving, it can be really hard to do. In fact, it's something that I struggled with and recently over something just very, very minor and a person hurt me and I actually turned to Shereel because I wanted to let this go and I tried to, but it just kept nagging at me and her advice to me was, if you really want to let this go, you have to turn almost, you know, the, the anger that you have towards them, like maybe a little animosity into gratefulness. So what she told me to do was grab my journal and write down everything, every good memory I had with this person, um, all of the ways I was grateful for them to be not only in my life, but in existence and do that every day, even if it's writing the same things over and over again, but do that. Look at happy pictures and help change your mindset and shift it from like, okay, I'm angry at this person, but I'm, I can choose to forgive them as well. And I can choose to move past the hurt that they've caused. So, um, maybe that's how it's relatable now in my, in my life, but, um, we have to forgive and we have to move forward. Well, the next one came in form of a question, and it was about page 56. 56 says, Blessings are in everyday things. The food I eat, the air I breathe, the clean water I drink, the five senses I embody. So the person who questioned this one, they wanted to know, where in life were you to even think about this? First of all, I was sitting on my couch in my living room, and that's when I thought about it. But I remember it was because... And I flipped back to my journal to see what else I had written that day. And I was thinking about Bali because I had written a few other things about Bali. And when I was visiting Bali, I will say that Natasha had gone with me. She was the guest on last week's podcast. We were doing the social media for the Bali Spirit Festival. And they were uh, one of my clients at the time. I We did not have this like luxurious 
Bali vacation that most people have when they go on vacation to Bali. We were in the jungle. We had a house that, unbeknownst to us, did not have air conditioning in it. Mind you, it was like 98% humidity. I can honestly say I've never been so hot in my entire life. I couldn't even sleep at night. Plus, there were a lot of stray dogs. I mean, more stray dogs than I've ever seen. And they would just bark all night long. Not only that, like you couldn't brush your teeth with the water from the sink. You had to use a bottle of water. Um, little, like the little tiny things that you are so accustomed to in the United States or even Europe, you don't have in a country like Indonesia. And while Bali is not a third world country, Indonesia is not a third world country, technically there is third world like country or they are third world like, meaning that there are huge parts of the population that live in huts. I saw them. I saw going to the festival one day, I saw a man who was late in life, 70s, 80s. He was bathing in the same creek that there were women washing their clothes in, that there were children playing in. So these are like little tiny things that I take for granted on the daily. We all do. Being able to wash our clothes in the washer and dryer, being able to brush our teeth with clean water, being able to just what breathe in and not have to worry about wearing a mask. Like I saw that in, in Taiwan, that it, there was so much smog that people had to wear a mask because it was so polluted. So the small blessings in everyday life are really huge. And sometimes we, we don't stop and appreciate them as much as we should. Okay, number four, I love this one. Page 75, those who doubt me fuel me. Not to prove them wrong, but to prove myself right. Oy, Lord. Oh. oh, I don't even know where to start with that because doubt is usually an internal thing. But when you have others doubting you, it can really fuel that feeling. And there are so many haters everywhere. I don't really know what people say behind my back, but I also truly don't care. Because if someone says to me, you can't do that, And if I think I can, I try because I want to prove myself right when I thought I could. Not to prove them wrong that I couldn't. So I find more pride in lifting myself up and thinking, yes, you did that. You achieved that. You created that. You rocked that. Rather than saying to someone else, told you so. You know? So if your mission is to prove others wrong, shift your focus into proving yourself right. It's a lot more powerful. Number six comes from Candace. Candace, thank you for sending this one in. Page 54. Everyone I meet is a reflection of me. They come armored in knowledge and lessons, both beautiful and messy. There is a Mayan phrase. It's en lakesh, which means you are another me. If I do harm to you, I do harm to myself. If I am unkind to you, I am unkind to myself. Each person that we encounter in life is both a lesson and a blessing. They have to be both. So even if they've hurt you, they've blessed you with a lesson. A good example is my high school boyfriend who is currently in prison for, I don't know, his second, third, fourth time. I don't even know anymore. But he caused me emotional and mental scarring from the way that he treated me. So I could sit here all day and curse him. That doesn't do either of us any good. So instead, I choose to forgive him 
and I acknowledged the lessons that he taught me. So what exactly did he teach me? Well, because of him, I realized the type of man I don't want in my life. I realized I'm worth more than I was allowing myself to be treated. I learned that words have a way of affecting someone for the rest of their life, regardless if they're positive or negative. And most importantly, I learned to forgive myself for being naive. So page 54 really comes in lessons in all shapes and sizes, but um, I, it really, this one stemmed from the mind phrase in Lakesh, you are another me. Number seven, thanks Mark for sending this one in. Page 30, I give myself permission to slow down. I can do anything, but not everything. I actually covered this one on the Boss Builder podcast, but I'm really glad it came up again because it stemmed from the past three years. My daughter's school requires 10 hours of volunteer time. And for the past three years, I had volunteered as the yearbook chair. And each year, the yearbook grew bigger and bigger. And so did the amount of time that I was putting into it. This past year, I put in, I put in over 1,200 hours. And I'm not going to lie. When I heard that number, I didn't feel proud. I felt a little sick. Mostly because I realized that 1,200 hours equals 30 40-hour work weeks. Now there's only 35 weeks in the school year. So 30 out of those 35 weeks, I essentially volunteered full-time. Now it didn't really break down like that because the reality was I spent all of January, February, and March getting about, I don't know, probably 900 of those hours. But you know what I sacrificed? I sacrificed weekends, having fun with my kids, I had to turn down projects from paying clients because I was just so in over my head with the yearbook. I had more health problems between January and April than I had all year. And so much of it was stress-induced. I was in the hospital because of a problem I was having that essentially the, the doctor was like, this, this is stress-induced. So I, I got burnt out from volunteering. <laughs> that just... That feels so wrong to me because I love donating my time, especially to things that benefit my kids. But at what cost? So I ultimately stepped back from my role. I reclaimed my time. And now I'm only volunteering for field trips because I can spend one-on-one time with my daughter and her peers instead of sitting behind a computer working on something that ultimately took time away from my kids. So this one, just because you can do something doesn't always mean you should do it. And that, if, that can go on in, in numerous areas of your life. So reevaluate things that you're doing, um, especially if, if they're draining your energy and not filling you up anymore. Reevaluate and decide, should this have more of my energy or should I reclaim it back? Okay, so number 10 is from page 11. I, I know I could have been cutesy and had laid it out so that number 11 would also cover page 11, but the final one is in the perfect spot. So number 10, page 11. Today, I will honor myself by choosing purpose over perfect. In October of 2017, I started my website, laurensmithbiz.com. Now, usually if it's for a client or sometimes even personal projects, I can complete a website in its entirety 
under two weeks, as long as it's not, you know, massive. We're talking a standard website. So the Mind Biz Life website, I did that in a few hours. Um, but this personal website, well, <laughs> the homepage has 88 revisions on it. And as of April 2018, I deleted everything and start it from scratch. And I focus on the purpose of the website. So the purpose was to share free content, highlight my services, offer courses and workshops, you know, anything that benefits the everyday professional and the entrepreneur. Did my headshots have to be up to date before I launched? No, uh, they could be updated later. In fact, that actually might drive more traffic because when I'm like, Hey, Check out my new pictures. I'm giving a call to action. I'm driving traffic to my website. Did I have to have every course I wanted to offer available immediately? Hell no. I don't even know why I'm like brainstorming 10 different things at once because I can do them gradually. In fact, from a strategy standpoint, it makes more sense to do it gradually. So it didn't need to be perfect. What's perfect to me is not perfect to you. It needed to have purpose. No matter what you're choosing, choose purpose over perfect. And number 11, the last one. I love that Leah sent this one in. Page 72, turn it up, tune it out, vibe with the energy that flows through you. Oh, I love this one because I love music and I love my car because I have an amazing sound system in it, but music to me is an escape. I kind of think in my past life, I was probably a DJ and, or maybe I should be a DJ in this life. Maybe that's the next thing I'll pursue, but seriously, my friends and family, I can always find a song that fits their mood or their vibe. I'm always introducing them to new songs. I, I love music and the louder, the better, especially on a car ride. There's just nothing better than that going down a really quiet road or even on a long trip and just jamming. So vibe with that energy that that flows through you. I love that one. Thanks, Leah, for sending that one in. Okay, so there you have it. 11 of your favorite mind love thought nuggets broken down and explained. If you don't have my book, you can purchase it on Amazon or by visiting my personal website, laurensmithbiz.com. Also, if you don't have the funds to purchase a book, please message me and I'll be sure to send a copy to your local library free of charge. This way, every member in your community has access to a little mind love. I like this episode and I hope you did too. If you have something you'd like me to cover in another solo episode, email me at hello at laurensmithbiz.com or head over to mindbizlife.com and fill out the contact form. Don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and Anchor. I really enjoy reading your weekly feedback. It really fuels me and I look, it helps me look forward to every week. Let's connect further in my private Facebook group. Just search Master Your Mind Business and Life and request to, to join. I'll make sure to approve you. And also on Instagram, I post daily. You can find me on the gram at mindbizlife. I'll see you next week. And until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.